7 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast of America. Good morning, America. It's 3 p.m. in London, 7.30 in Mumbai, India, 11 p.m. in Kyoto, Japan, and in Malaysia, it is 1912. I'm Jay Sheldon, the guy without the pants. Yes, we're back live. Hello, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitch.tv, and Rumble.com. If you have not signed up for a Rumble account, you don't know what you're missing. It's totally free. You just go to Rumble.com, put in your email, you set up an account. It's like a channel, but you don't have to post any videos. You just subscribe to channels and you get their feeds, plus you'll get a main face feed, just like YouTube, only censor-free censorship free and uh yeah and while you're there please do check out the channel which is called jay sheldon you'll find it in our show notes at rumble.com and click on that subscribe button wherever it may be and uh thank you for doing that also hello to our podcast listeners we haven't updated you on our weekly downloads we're still not quite at a thousand you guys are teasing me now, if you're watching on the video or later on in the video replay, uh, please go to wherever you get your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, uh, Radio Public, Stitcher. We're on all the platforms, all the big platforms. And uh, just search for I'm Not Wearing Pants or Jay Sheldon. Look for this logo and click on it and click on follow or subscribe. We are almost, clo- we're closing in. 900 over something uh, on a thousand weekly downloads. I know that's not a big number, but for us, it's a huge number. And we really, really love you and appreciate those of you who've done that. Thank you so much. So just check it out wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. We really do appreciate that. We'll let you know when we hit a, when we hit a grand. I can't wait. All right. And what's up? Oh, this is up. Little lady. Miko update. Mm. Miko update. Uh, she's great, doing well, having a ball, enjoying life. Uh, she had a little bit of a thing today. Uh, we were out playing in the yard and she got something in her eye and it was bugging the hell out of her. She was shaking her head and rubbing her face against the ground. Uh, I flushed it out with water and uh, she was really bothered by it for about half an hour, 45 minutes. Eventually, I I couldn't find her. I went all over the house looking for her. The, the front door was closed, so I know she didn't get out. And I dug everywhere. She was nowhere. I'm starting to panic because this dog is just not in the house. And it's a fairly big house, but that's just not possible. All the rooms are very open. So I'm running upstairs, running downstairs, looking all over, calling her name. And finally, I come here in the studio, and our studio here has a an attached bathroom. It's just off to my side here. You never get to see it, thankfully. And we leave the door open, because if she has the need to go out and doesn't wake us up at night, that's kind of her spot. Now, she hasn't done that in a long, long time. But if she has to do her business and she can't go outside, she's a very clean dog, totally housebroken, but if, you know, nature calls and there's no way around it, she will go in there and go, like I said, 
It doesn't happen often, but it's kind of an emergency break for her just in case. I think she thinks of it as her safe spot because we leave that door open, not while I'm on the air, but you know, during the day and at night. And I'm, I cannot find this dog. I've looked all over the house. I finally decided to do an official room-to-room, thorough, you know, police-type search. First spot I pick is this studio. I go in the bathroom. I open the door. There's nothing in the bathroom. And then I look behind the door, and there she is laying on the floor, panting, just looking up at me like, help. Anyway, I found her. It scared the hell out of me. Uh, But yeah, so she's fine now. She recovered and everything is back to semi-normal. We had a great time yesterday. It was public holiday in Malaysia. And we went to this very cool cafe called Espoir Cafe. And it is a pet-friendly cafe in SS15. Uh, Great food, really nice, some really unique coffees. And uh, some really good food. We had a wonderful lunch. And there is the little lady. We sat at a high table, which next time I don't think we'll do that. But um, here's a shot of Miko and me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's uh, she had a great time. The place is wonderful. The staff are great. And there were a bunch of poodles hanging around. A little aggressive, actually, the poodles. But uh, no, we had a great, uh, great time. So a little long one tonight. But that is your uh, your Miko update for uh, this evening yeah very cool time had a, had a really nice time so do check that out as far in uh, ss15 cool place <clears throat> excuse me all right our headline tonight ai artificial intelligence is racist i'm not kidding uh, it's not some clickbaity thing to just get you to listen to the show it's an article from futurism.com very weird stuff check out this story it is in our show notes everything we talk about you'll find a link to the whole article in our show notes which is the description down below our our video or in our podcast scientists built an artificial intelligence to give ethical advice and it turned out to be super racist serious the bot is supposed to offer descriptive ethical advice but some say it does more harm than good this is the image that goes along with the article uh we've all been in situations where we face tough decisions uh why not dodge that pesky responsibility the article says by outsourcing the choice to machine learning algorithms or artificial intelligence. The idea behind Ask Delphi, which is the name of the AI program, uh, from the Allen Institute for AI, you type in a situation like donating to charity, or a question like, is it okay to cheat on my spouse? Then you click on a button that says ponder, and in a few seconds, this program, Delphi, will give you a bit of hmm, ethical guidance. Here's a screenshot. Is it okay to eat at a restaurant and then leave without paying? And Delphi says, it's wrong. So it's using all of the input that it's been given, 
and it learns, and it's artificial intelligence, so it learns from samples that are given to it. The project launched last week, but subsequently it's gone viral for what seems like all the wrong reasons. Much of the advice and the judgments it's given has been fraught, to say the least. For example, a user asked a Delphi program what it thought about, quote, a white man walking toward you at night. And Delphi responded, it's okay. When they asked the AI what it thought about a black man walking towards you at night, the AI said, it's concerning. Whoa. Issues especially glaring in the beginning of its launch. Uh, for instance, Ask Delphi initially concluded a tool that allowed users to compare whether situations were more or less morally acceptable than another, which resulted in some incredibly bigoted judgments. Previously, Delphi has said, being a white man is more morally acceptable than being a black woman. Oof. Being straight is more morally acceptable than being gay. Now, besides after playing around with Delphi for a while, eventually you'll find out that it's easy to game the AI to pretty much get whatever ethical judgment you want just by fiddling around with how you phrase the question until it will eventually give you the answer that it wants. Uh, it's okay to play music loudly at 3 a.m. while my roommate is asleep. Delphi says, it's rude. Is it? Now, they rephrase the question this way. Is it okay to play music loudly at 3 a.m. while my music, while my roommate is asleep, if it makes me happy? And Delphi then answered the question, yes, it's okay. Mm, so you can crank twerculator at 3 a.m. even if your music has an, uh, your roommate has an easy, an early shift uh, tomorrow, long as it makes you happy. <laughs> um. It has spit out some judgments that were completely head-scratchers. For example, can I, a soldier, intentionally kill civilians during wartime? To which Delphi replied, it's expected. This is just weird. Check out the whole article. There's much more in here about the, the way they've programmed the, the AI, Delphi. And uh, it's, it's truly strange. A long article, but uh, it's got some really cool stuff in there. Here's, a, here's one. <laughs> Should Elon Musk paint his face on the moon if it makes him happy? To which Delphi said, it is okay. <laughs> All right. There you go. That's the weird stuff. For, uh, yeah. But those initial replies to... The white man uh, approaching you on a dark street or a black man approaching you on a dark street? That is some scary stuff, folks. Very weird. And again, it's, it's AI. Computers are weird. I know my whole show goes online and is created with exactly that. But do we trust it? 
when it comes down to major life decisions, probably not. All right, speaking of computers and cool stuff, we got another story about uh, the amazing things that computers can do. You may have seen this. It's from CNET.com. Links in our show notes if you want to read the whole article. But the, uh, the story is that NASA holoported a doctor onto the International Space Station. Now, holoported is a made-up word because it's transported and hologram put together. But this is really cool. Wait till you see this. Check out the article. Links in our show notes, our description down below. We are basically living in a Star Trek episode. Check this out. This is the International Space Station, and that is a holoported doctor. Uh, NASA flight surgeon Dr. Joseph Schmid gives a space greeting as he is holoported to the International Space Station, a new noun for your vocabulary, an amalgam of hologram and teleportation. Although it may seem like it, it isn't just a niche sci-fi term, uh, somewhere in an Isaac Asimov novel uh, and Star Trek episode. In October, NASA used this mind-boggling futuristic mechanism to bring NASA flight surgeon onto the ISS while he was safely actually planted here on our planet. No rockets necessary. He was joined on this trans-dimensional journey by Fernando de la Pena Liaca, the CEO of Axia Aerospace, AEXA, an organization that helped develop the holoportation equipment and a few other team members. There you go. There's the... Oh, wait. Let me get rid of the ad. Here we go. There's the actual... I assume they were against a green screen, but uh, they shot them and then shot it up to the International Space Station and a hologram deck put them on the space station. Very, very cool. Read the whole article. It goes on and tells you all the details and uh, how they did it. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's wild. Again, that's from uh, CNET.com. You can check out the article in our show notes, our description down below tonight. All right. What else have we got going on here? Oh, oh man. I debated sharing this. And then I thought, yeah, I got to do it. You know, our last show, I think it was our last show or the show before, we did a bunch of creepy bugs on the show. I missed this one because I hadn't seen it before. And then when I read the description, I realized they're right here in Malaysia. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Take a look at this. Yes, that is a guy's hand. And that is a Katie did. It's a very short video, but watch this thing. This is un... But look at that. Look at the size of this. Check it out. Look at this. The guy's hand. This is a... Normally they're, you know, maybe what? The size of your thumb? This thing is half the size of his arm. It's a Malaysian giant... Katie did. And the noise it makes, I can't play the audio, but you've got to watch the video. The link's in our show notes. I'd never heard of this before. I'd never seen it before. 
but I'm going to be extra careful when I go outside now because this thing scares the hell out of me. This is unbelievable. Look at the size of this thing. It is absolutely amazing. Look at that. If you're listening on the podcast, please do check out our show notes and check out this video because it's frightening. Absolutely frightening. Just just a quick one wanted to share because, like I said, we already did our gooey bugs show a while back, a couple streams ago. But, uh, man, that is weird. All right. You know, that's what we do on this show, the weird stuff, the good stuff, some strange news, and if we can, a really decent human interest story or two. And uh, I got another weird one for you. This is strange. Take a look at this old picture. Again, podcast listeners, check out the link in our show notes. This is a, what looked like a couple of American Indians, Native Americans, and a couple of white guys in some sort of cafe. But the story behind it is even cooler. This is from LonelyPlanet.com, and it is Rome. The Café Greco in Rome, Italy, in 1890, this photograph was taken. And in this photo are Jacob White Eyes, Iron Tail, Buffalo Bill Cody, during Buffalo Bill's Wild West Show Tour in Europe. In 1890, take a look. That is amazing. I don't know which, uh, is this Buffalo Bill Cody? Or is that Buffalo Bill Cody? I don't know which one, one of these two guys is Buffalo. I, I think it's this guy. And then uh, Jacob White Eyes and Iron Tail. One with the uh, typical, I guess that's the chief's headdress. And this Indian with a, what looks like a single feather in his hair. Absolutely. From 1890. Can you imagine that? Actually, Buffalo Bill Cody. How cool is that? Very strange. Links in the show notes if you want to look at it. It's just a picture, but it's an amazing picture. All right. One more, and then we're going to move on to our book. Chapter is a, a long one tonight from uh, Winnie the Pooh, so we'll get to that in a bit. But I had to share this story. It popped up in uh, the headlines this week, and it's such a wonderful, uh, heartwarming, human interest story that I uh, had to share it with you. Um, it's from World of Buzz. The good folks over at World of Buzz can't encourage you enough to check out their Facebook site or their worldofbuzz.com page. We always put the link to their stuff we use in our show notes, so you can find this article there if you want to read the whole thing. But the PDRM, which I've explained to you before, if you don't live in Malaysia, is the Police de Raja Malaysia, which is the Royal Malaysian Police. Well, there was a missing Malaysian kid from Sabah. The kid went missing, and the kid had autism. And in the Sabah jungle, it's not a place you want to go missing, and particularly not if you are a young kid. But they deployed drones to search for the kid, but not just to get a bird's eye view into the jungle and look around. They sent up a drone playing Baby Shark. You know, that one? 
that annoying song. But the reason is that this kid's favorite song was Baby Shark. Who knew Baby Shark could be used in situations where it comes down to life and death? On the afternoon of April 15th, so just a few days ago, a five-year-old child with autism named Jaden was seen wandering outside his house naked without his family knowing. The Borneo Post reported that some eyewitnesses had seen him around the jungle area near Kampong Malawa in Kota Kinabalu. Uh, the Sabah Fire Department received a report, the missing boy, at about 6 p.m., and they set out to look for him in the jungle with the help of the Malaysian police and their Air Operations Force. Well, the Air Operations Force deployed two types of drones to help with the search, One of them gives an aerial view of the area, and the other one had a speaker attached, which blasted Baby Shark, which was Jordan, or is, Jaden's favorite song. And also a recording of Jaden's mother calling out to him, which they played as they swept this drone through the jungle. Well, the good news is, with the cooperation of all parties, the boy was found. One day later, scary enough, April 16th, about two kilometers from his home by some villagers who had joined in the search mission. When they saw him, the boy's family burst into tears, hugged him tightly, according to the Sinchu Daily, one of our newspapers here. And uh, there he is, back home, still butt naked except for a cloth they wrapped around him. A quick check showed he did not sustain any major injuries, Minor scrapes. He was hungry, of course. And after that, he was sent to the Likas Hospital for examination. Uh, The idea of using Baby Shark to find a child, certainly a very creative one. And one that, uh, according to World of Buzz, they said, we've never seen before. And so thankful the boy was found unharmed. Wow. Well, congratulations to the uh, Malaysian police and the Bomba Fire Department and uh, all the good folks there. In Sabah, what a great, great story. And so happy this kid was found. What a great idea, too. (laughs) Blasting baby shark through the jungle to try and get his attention. Cool stuff. Very cool stuff. All right. Let's see here. Where are we? All right. We're going to get on to Winnie the Pooh now. Uh, Yeah, we're a little... eh, We're not too bad. All right. Uh, We've been reading uh, Winnie the Pooh. For the last few streams, we've got a few more to go. We're reading it a chapter at a time as we go through. And then once we get done, we'll move on to another classic book. Uh, we've done so many of them. They all come from the Gutenberg Project, the good folks at Gutenberg.org. You want to find free books to read online or download in ebook format or HTML or text files. They're all available over there. And believe me, you will not believe the variety of books from mysteries to novels, I mean, all kinds of books there. And um, they're all for free. The Gutenberg Project, gutenberg.org. Can't encourage you enough to check them out. Go over there and uh, find out more about what they're all about. And that is where we get our books from, including, of course, uh, we've done The Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan, The Little Prince, The Velveteen Rabbit, uh, you name it, Alice in Wonderland. Right now, we're doing my absolute all-time very favorite book, and that is, of course, Winnie the Pooh. 
And tonight, we're up to chapter 6, in which Eeyore has a birthday and gets two presents. <coughs> Eeyore, the old gray donkey, stood by the side of the stream and looked at himself in the water. Pathetic, he said. That's what it is. Pathetic. He turned and walked slowly down the stream for twenty yards, splashed across it and walked slowly back on the other side. Then he looked at himself in the water again. As I thought. He said, no better from this side, but nobody minds, nobody cares. Pathetic, that's what it is. There was a crackling noise in the bracken behind him, and out came Pooh. Good morning, Eeyore, said Pooh. Good morning, Pooh Bear, said Eeyore gloomily. If it is a good morning, he said, which I doubt, said he. Good morning. Why, what's the matter? Oh, nothing, Pooh Bear, nothing. We can't all, and some of us don't. That's all there is to it. Uh, can't all what? said Pooh, rubbing his nose. Gaiety, song and dance. Here we go round the mulberry bush. Oh, said Pooh, and he thought for a long time, and then asked, what mulberry bush is that? Bonhomie, went on Eeyore gloomily. French word, meaning bonhomie. He explained, I'm not complaining, but there it is. Pooh sat down on a large stone and tried to think this out. It sounded to him like a riddle, and he was never very much good at riddles, being a bear of very little brain, so he sang Colliston Pie instead. Colliston, Colliston, Colliston Pie, a bird can't fly and a fly can't bird. Ask me a riddle and I'll reply. Colliston, Colliston, Colliston Pie. That was the first verse. When he'd finished it, Eeyore didn't exactly say that he didn't like it, so Pooh very kindly sang the second verse to him. Colliston, Colliston, Colliston Pie, a fish can't whistle and neither can I. Ask me a riddle and I shall reply. Colliston, Colliston, Colliston Pie. Eeyore still said nothing. So Pooh hummed the third verse quietly to himself. Colliston, Colliston, Colliston Pie, why does a chicken, I don't know why, ask me a riddle and I shall reply. Colliston, Colliston, Colliston Pie. That's right, said Eeyore, sing. Umpty diddly, umpty doo, here we go gathering nuts and may. Enjoy yourself. I am, said Pooh. Some can, said Eeyore. Why, what's the matter? Is anything the matter? You seem so sad, Eeyore. Sad? Why should I be sad? It's my birthday, the happiest day of the year. Your birthday, said Pooh in great surprise. 
Of course. Can't you see? Look at all the presents I have. He waved a foot from side to side. Look at the birthday cake. Candles and pink sugar. Pooh looked first right, then left. Presents? said Pooh. Birthday cake? said Pooh. Where? Can't you see them? No, said Pooh. Neither can I, said Eeyore. Joke, he explained. Ha, ha. Well, Pooh scratched his head, being a little puzzled by all this. But it really is your birthday, he asked. It is. Oh, well, many happy returns of the day, Eeyore. And many happy returns to you, Pooh Bear. Uh, but it isn't my birthday. No, it's mine. Uh, but you said many happy returns. Well, why not? You don't always want to be miserable on my birthday, do you? Oh, I see, said Pooh. It's bad enough, said Eeyore, almost breaking down, being miserable myself. What with no presents, no cake, no candles, no proper notice taken of me at all. But if everybody else is going to be miserable too, this was too much for Pooh. Stay there, he called to Eeyore, as he turned and hurried back home as quick as he could, for he felt he must get poor Eeyore a present of some sort at once, and he could always think of a proper one afterwards. Outside his house, he found Piglet jumping up and down trying to reach the knocker. Hello, Piglet, he said. Hello, Pooh, said Piglet. Uh, what are you trying to do? I, I was trying to reach the knocker, said Piglet. I just came around. Uh, let me do it for you, said Pooh kindly. So he reached up and knocked at the door. I've just seen Eeyore, he began, and poor Eeyore is in a very sad condition. "'because it's his birthday, and nobody's taken any notice at all. "'He's very gloomy. You know what Eeyore is, and there he was, "'and what a long time whoever lives here is answering this door.' "'And he knocked again. Uh, "'But Pooh,' said Piglet, "'it's your own house.' "'Oh,' said Pooh, "'so it is,' he said. "'Well, let's go in.' So they went in, and the first thing Pooh did was to go to the cupboard to see if he had quite a small jar of honey left. And he had, so he took it down. I'm giving this to Eeyore, he explained, as a present. What are you going to give? Couldn't I give it too, said Piglet, from both of us? No, said Pooh, that would not be a good plan. All right, then, I'll give him a balloon. I've got one left from my party. I'll go get it now, shall I? That, Piglet, is a very good idea. It's just what Eeyore needs to cheer him up. Nobody can be uncheered with a balloon. So off Piglet trotted, and in the other direction went Pooh with his jar of honey. It was a warm day, and he had a long way to go. He hadn't gone more than halfway when a sort of funny feeling began to creep all over him. It began at the tip of his nose and trickled all through him and out at the soles of his feet. It was just as if somebody inside him were saying, Now then, Pooh, time for a little something. 
Oh, dear, said Pooh. I didn't know it was as late as that. So he sat down, took the top off his jar of honey. Uh, uh, luckily, I brought this with me, he thought. Many a bear going out on a warm day like this would never have thought of bringing a little something with him. And he began to eat. Now, let's see, he thought, as he took his last lick from inside the jar. Where was I going? Oh, yes, Eeyore, he got up slowly. And then suddenly he remembered he had eaten Eeyore's birthday present. Oh, bother, said Pooh. What shall I do? I must give him something. For a little while he couldn't think of anything. And then he thought, well... It's a very nice pot, and even if there's no honey in it, if I, if I washed it clean and got somebody to write a happy birthday on it, Eeyore could keep things in it which might be useful. So as he was passing the hundred-acre wood, he went inside to call on Owl, who lived there. Good morning, Owl, he said. Good morning, Pooh, said Owl. Uh, many happy returns of Eeyore's birthday, said Pooh. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, what are you giving him, Owl? What are you giving him, Pooh? I'm giving him a useful pot to keep things in. I wanted to ask you, is this it? said Owl, taking it out of Pooh's paw. Uh, yes, I wanted to ask you, somebody has been keeping honey in it, said Owl. You can keep "'Anything in it,' said Pooh earnestly. "'It's a very useful pot like that. "'And I wanted to ask you, "'you ought to write a happy birthday on it.' "'That's what I wanted to ask you,' said Pooh, "'because my spelling is wobbly. "'It's good spelling, but it wobbles, "'and the letters get in the wrong places. "'Would you write a happy birthday on it for me?' "'Oh, it's a nice pot,' said Owl, looking at it all around. Uh, "'Couldn't I give it two for both of us?' "'Oh, no,' said Pooh, "'that would not be a good plan. "'Now, I'll just wash it first, and then you can write on it.' "'And so he washed the pot out, dried it, "'while Owl licked the end of his pencil, "'and wondered how to spell birthday. "'Can you read, Pooh?' he asked a little anxiously. Uh, there's a notice about knocking and ringing outside the door, which Christopher Robin wrote. Could you read it? Uh, Christopher Robin told me what it said. Then I could. Well, I'll tell you what this says, and then you'll be able to. And so Owl wrote, and this is what he wrote. Hippy, pappy, birthdeth, thudder, birthday. Pooh looked on admiringly. I'm just saying a happy birthday, said Owl carelessly. It's a long, nice one, said Pooh, very much impressed by it. Well, actually, of course, I'm saying a very happy birthday with love from Pooh. Uh, naturally, it takes a good deal of pencil to say a long thing like that. Oh, I see, said Pooh. And while all this was happening... Piglet had gone back to his house to get Eeyore's balloon. He held it very tightly against himself so that it shouldn't blow away. And as he ran as fast as he could to get to Eeyore before Pooh did, for he thought that he would like to be the first one to give a present. And just as he had thought of it without being told by anybody, 
running along, thinking how pleased Eeyore would be, he didn't look where he was going. And suddenly, he put his foot in a rabbit hole and fell down flat on his face. Bang! Piglet lay there, wondering what had happened. At first he thought the whole world had blown up, and then he thought perhaps only the forest part of it had, and then he thought that perhaps only he had, and he was now alone in the moon or somewhere, and could never see Christopher Robin or Pooh or Eeyore again, and then he thought, well, even if I'm in the moon, I needn't be face downward all the time. So he got cautiously up and looked around. He was still in the forest. Well, that's funny, he thought. I wonder what that bang was. I couldn't have made such a noise just falling down. And where's my balloon? And, and what's that small piece of damp rag doing? It was the balloon. Oh, dear, said Piglet. Oh, dearie, dear, dear. Uh, well, it's too late now. I can't go back, and I haven't another balloon. And well, perhaps Eeyore doesn't like balloons very much. So he trotted on rather sadly now, and... Down he came to the side of the stream where Eeyore was and called out to him. "'Morning, Eeyore!' shouted Piglet. "'Good morning, little Piglet,' said Eeyore. "'If it is a good morning,' he said, "'which I doubt,' and he said, "'Not that it matters.' "'Many happy returns of the day,' said Piglet, now getting even closer. Eeyore stopped looking at himself in the stream and turned to stare at Piglet. Just say that again, he said. Many hap- Wait a moment. Balancing on three legs, he began to bring his fourth leg very cautiously up to his ear. I did this yesterday, he explained, and fell down for the third time. It's quite easy, so I can hear better. There, that's done it. Now then, what were you saying? and he pushed his ear forward with his hoof. Many happy returns of the day, said Piglet again, meaning me. Of course, Eeyore. My birthday. Yes. Me having a real birthday. Yes, Eeyore, and, and I've brought you a present. Eeyore took down his right hoof from his right ear, turned around, and with great difficulty put up his left hoof. I must have that in the other ear. Now then. A present, said Piglet very loudly, meaning me again. Yes. My birthday still. Of course, Eeyore. Me going on, having a real birthday. Yes, Eeyore. I brought you a balloon. Balloon, said Eeyore. Did you say balloon? One of those big colored things you blow up? Gaiety, song and dance. Here we are and there we are. Yes, but I'm afraid I... I'm very sorry, Eeyore, but when I was running along to bring it to you, I fell down. Oh, dear. How unlucky. You ran too fast, I expect you didn't hurt yourself, little piglet. Uh, no, but I, I, oh, Eeyore, I burst the balloon. There was a very long silence. 
My balloon, said Eeyore at last. Piglet nodded. My birthday balloon. Yes, Eeyore, Piglet sniffled a little. Here it is, with many happy returns of the day. And he gave Eeyore the small piece of damp rag. Is this it? said Eeyore, a little surprised. Piglet nodded. My present, said Piglet. The balloon. Yes. Thank you, Piglet, said Eeyore. You don't mind my asking, he went on, but what color was the balloon when it was a balloon? Red. Oh, I just wondered. Red, he murmured to himself, my favorite color. How big was it? About as big as me. Just wondered. About as big as Piglet, he said to himself sadly. My favorite size. Well, well. Well, Piglet felt miserable. Didn't know what to say. He was still opening his mouth to begin something and then decided it wasn't good saying anything, that. And when he heard a shout from the other side of the river, and there was Pooh. A many happy returns of the day called out Pooh, forgetting he'd said it already. Thank you, Pooh. I'm having them, said Eeyore gloomily. I've brought you a present, said Pooh excitedly. I've had it, said Eeyore. Pooh now splashed across the stream to Eeyore, and Piglet was sitting a little way off, his head in his paws, sniffling to himself. It's a useful pot, said Pooh. Here it is, and it's got a very happy birthday with love from Pooh written on it. That's what all that writing is. It's for putting things in. There. When Eeyore saw the pot, he became quite excited. Why, he said, I believe my balloon will just go in that pot. Oh, no, Eeyore, said Pooh. Balloons are much too big to go in pots. What you do with a balloon is you hold the balloon. Not mine, said Eeyore proudly. Look, Piglet. And as Piglet looked sorrowfully round, Eeyore picked up the balloon with his teeth and placed it carefully in the pot. Picked it out and put it on the ground and then picked it up again and put it carefully back in the pot. So it does, said Pooh. It goes in. So it does, said Piglet, and it comes out. Doesn't it, said Eeyore. It goes in and out, like anything. I'm very glad, said Pooh happily, and I thought of giving you a useful pot to put things in. I'm very glad, said Piglet happily. I thought of giving you something to put in a useful pot. But Eeyore wasn't listening. He was taking the balloon out and putting it back in again, as happy as he could be. And I didn't give him anything, said Christopher Robin sadly. Of course you did, I said. You gave him, don't you remember, a little... A little, I gave him a box of paints to paint things with. That was it. Why didn't I give it to him in the morning? He was so busy getting his party ready for him. He had a cake with icing on top, three candles, and his name in pink sugar. And, yes, 
I remember, said Christopher Robin. And that's chapter six of Winnie the Pooh. Coming up in our next stream on Saturday night, we'll move on to chapter seven in which Kanga and Baby Roo come to the forest and Piglet has a bath. A.A. <laughs> a. Milne's Winnie the Pooh. Thanks for joining, folks. Thanks for our podcast listeners. We appreciate you. And uh, if you haven't yet, please head over to wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm not wearing pants or Jay Sheldon. You give a search, look for that logo and click on it. Click on follow or subscribe. We really appreciate it. Thank you, folks, for all the follows. Hundreds of you every week. Download our show, download our show and uh, we really appreciate it. Hey, amoxicillin, amoxicillin, I think it says. <laughs> Thanks for the read. You're entirely welcome. Good to have you along for the ride. All right, I'll see you again on Saturday night. We'll continue on with Winnie the Pooh. We'll talk about some other weird stuff I find on the net. And uh, Alden Wong, we're waiting for the time when, uh, so they can't be racist. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. All right, I'm getting all these chats just now as we're just about to close out the stream. So sorry about that. All right. Be sure and join us 10 o'clock Malaysian time at night. Uh, Next Saturday, we'll see you then. Until then, I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Good night.